from Matthew chapter 17, verse number 20. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily, means truly, truly I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, remove away, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. That's Matthew chapter 17. Now look at Genesis uh, chapter 37. Again, the scripture will be right behind me. And we'll start in verse number 5 uh, and read down through verse number 10, talking about the story of Joseph. I don't know how many of you guys know the story of Joseph, but uh, it's, it's a good story, and we'll talk about it here in a little bit. We're going to take kind of a snapshot of his life. I wish we had more time. I could give you the whole rundown on his life, but uh, we just don't have enough time for all of that. So we'll look at his life, kind of a, uh, uh, the cliff notes of his life today. Uh, so uh, Genesis chapter 37, verse number 5, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren. All his brothers. He had, he had 12 brothers. He had a lot of brothers. Big family. Not including the sisters. And they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here, I pray you. Here, please. Please listen to me. This dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. That means they were, they were binding uh, uh, bales of wheat or, or um, bundles of wheat in the field. And lo, my sheaf, my bundle of wheat arose. This is the dream he had. My bundle of uh, wheat arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves, your bundles of wheat stood round about and made obeisance to my sheep. And so the, the, the picture here is that there's, there's a bunch of bundles of wheat. This is, this, this is the dream that Joseph has. There's a bunch of bundles of wheat and uh, all the bundles of wheat bow down except Joseph's bundle of wheat. And uh, so we'll get to what that means here in a little bit. Look at verse number eight. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? So they understood the interpretation of the dream. It means that, it means that uh, the brothers would be subservient to, uh, to Joseph. Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams. So his brothers didn't like him. They hated him. And for his words. Look at verse number nine. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. So he's dreamed a second dream here. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance. It means they bowed down to me. And he told it his father. Joseph told his, his father, his dad, all the dreams that he had, and he told it to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come bow to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? So this is weird dream that Joseph's had, and we're going to get into what it all is mean, what it all means, and what it's all talking about here in a couple minutes. But I want to ask you guys a very important question, very serious question. How many of you like Disney movies? That was not a serious question. Okay, that that was that was that was not a serious. Question. How many of you guys like Disney movies? How many of your kids enjoy Disney movies? How many of you hate Disney movies because that's all your kids will let you watch? Yeah, some of you. That's all your kids will let you watch is Disney movies on rerun. Uh, I know as a kid, we were like that. All we wanted to watch was Disney movies. Uh, and so that was kind of, that was what our thing was. And so my parents, I'm sure they got tired of all the Disney movies. And you could say a lot of things negative about Disney movies. It's pretty much always the same plot in a Disney movie. You know what's going to happen. There's this little girl who's going to become a princess and stuff is going to happen. And it's pretty much the same plot all the way through. It's kind of predictable. But but it's, they're good stories. I, I, like, I like Disney stories. I like Disney movies. One thing I do like about Disney movies is that the story is often about Someone who has a dream for their life, right? And they pursue that dream in spite of the obstacles that come in their way. I mean, think about it. Look at the Lion King. It's all about a young lion who's trying to become king and save his pride, save his, his, uh, his domain from an evil lion. 
Against all odds, this is what he's trying to do. Aladdin. I mean, you ever thought about Aladdin? Aladdin is about really a homeless dude. That's what it's about. It's about a homeless guy. They call him a street urchin who's trying to save his kingdom against all the odds. Moana. Some of you probably cringe when you hear that word. Some of your parents have to watch it so much. Moana. I just watched it for the first time, and it was just I. Moana is about a young princess who is trying to expand her island kingdom and save her people against terrible odds, right? Beauty and the Beast is about a young woman who wasn't satisfied with her provincial life. Remember her talking about that? And so she tries to make more of her life, and she finds it in a big, ugly beast. And then The Incredibles. It's about a superhero family who, against all odds, is trying to save their city from destruction, even though it's outlawed to be a superhero. All of these Disney stories, and many of these Disney stories, the protagonist, the main character, has a dream or a vision for the way things ought to be, and they fight for that dream to be realized in their life. They fight for that dream against terrible odds, against, the, against Mufasa, against uh, Jafar, against the, the enemies in Moana. I don't remember who the enemy was in that movie, but against uh, the beast in Beauty and the Beast, against uh, Gaston, against all these characters. They're trying to fight for a better life, and they have this dream and the vision of the way that things ought to be, and they're fighting for that. When we approach many of the stories of the Bible, it's kind of the same thing. Many of the teachings of the Bible, we see the same thing going on in Matthew chapter 17. When Jesus said that with faith you can move a mountain, he was saying that with faith you can change the landscape of the way things are to the way things should be in your life. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, there's, there's mountains in your life, there's stuff in your life, and you have a vision for that thing to be removed. Pursue that vision, pursue that dream. That with faith, Jesus is saying, you can pursue the vision, you can pursue the dream, and you can pursue the calling of your life. If there's one story in the Bible where you see this played out, it's the story of Joseph. So we just read it. The story of Joseph is all about this young boy who's hated by his brothers, and all of his brothers are older than him. He's the youngest in the family. He's kind of the favorite in the family. His father makes him a coat of many colors, and so his brothers don't like him because he's the favorite. Parenting advice, it's a bad idea to have favorites in the family or to make him a coat of many colors if you're not going to make all of them a coat of many colors. And so he's, he's the one that's not liked in the family. But he has this dream. He has this dream of these, and these were agricultural people, so you can imagine he had an agricultural-type dream of uh, these uh, bundles of wheat. They're in a field, and they're, they're, they're bowing down to his bundle of wheat, and his bundle of wheat standing up. Then he has another dream where the sun, moon, and the 11 stars are all bowing down and giving obeisance to his star. What's he saying? He's saying that one day, this is the dream, and this is the vision that he had, that one day he was going to be uh, in charge of his family, that one day he was going to be a, a leader in his family, that one day his uh, brothers and his family and even his father and his mother would look up to him. This is the dream and the vision that he had for his life. God had given Joseph a dream for his life that one day he would be a great ruler and that his brothers, who at the time hated him, would one day look up to him. Joseph would go on to face a lot of difficulties. If you know the story of Joseph, you know he goes against a lot of tough stuff. But He pursued that dream all along the way. He pursued the dream that God had given him, that one day he would lead his family, that one day his brothers would not hate him, they would look up to him. He pursued that dream, and he pursued that dream because he had faith in the God of that dream. He had faith in the God who had given him that dream. And here's what I want to tell you this morning. Here's what I want to tell you on the first anniversary of Restoration Baptist Church is that faith always chases dreams. Faith 
chases dreams this morning. Faith always has a vision for the future. Faith always has a dream for what could be this morning. God gave Joseph a vision for what he wanted him to do and who he wanted him to become. God wants us to dream for what could be and for what should be in our life. God wants us to dream and he wants to give us a vision for what he could do in our lives. Do you have a vision this morning of what God can do in your life in 2019? Do you have a vision? Do you have a dream for what could be in your life this year? Do you have a vision for what could be in your family this year? I want to encourage you this morning to have faith for your future. The best is yet to come in your life. You're here this morning. You're in the right place. This is the first step. You're, the, the best is yet to come. I want to encourage you this morning. The best is always yet to come. You don't have to settle for the way things are. You don't have to settle for a, a mediocre marriage. You don't have to settle for an average relationship with Jesus. You don't have to settle for a provincial Christian life. Not when Jesus said that with faith you can move mountains. Not when Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse number 27, with men it is impossible, but, 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 not with God. For with God, all things are possible. You can have faith for your future because with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. I don't know how many of you guys... Um, know how to ride bikes. I assume all of you do. I know when you're a little kid, you're just, you're just a little toddler, you're a little tyke, you, uh, you start slow. You start to walk, and then you, you run all over the house, and then you find out that there's this little thing called a tricycle. And maybe your kids have noticed this. There's a little thing called a tricycle, and you start to ride this tricycle. And then you, you upgrade from the tricycle to the bike with training wheels. And this is, just, this is huge in, in a kid's life because this is, this is, you're one of the big kids now. And then after some time, your dad says to you, or one of your parents says to you, you shouldn't be riding your bicycle with training wheels anymore. You need to take them things off. And you're scared, right? I know I was when I was a kid. Uh, training wheels, take my training wheels off. This is scary. But my dad said, okay, but uh, you know, I'm going to take your training wheels off, but I'm going I'm I'm to steady your bike. I'll be right behind you. I'm going to put my hand right on your bike. I'm going to steady the bike, and I'm going to teach you how to ride your bike without training wheels. And so I said, okay, fine. And my mom's outside, you know, as the moms are outside. Hey, you need to be careful with him. Don't let him hurt himself. And so my dad's, my dad's helping me on this bike, and I'm on the bike, and I start to, I start to get the hang of it, and I start, to, uh, I start to ride down the street, and my dad's right behind me. And then he says, start to speed up, son, speed up. And I start to speed up. I say, oh, and you start getting scared as a kid. I don't know if you guys remember this. You guys are looking at me like, you guys don't know how to ride a bike. You guys, this is how it goes, okay? This, this, this is how my dad taught me anyway. He starts to ride the bike, and, and, and he, I asked my dad, are you still behind me? Are you holding on to my bike? And he says, yeah, I'm holding on. And then after I go a couple ways, the dad, dad's, I'm sure your dad's all to do this. The dad he says, I'm right behind you. I'm holding on to your bike, but he's like, he's like 50 feet behind you, you know. But, he's, but you can't notice because your head's, you're, you're looking right in front of you, and you're like, ah, yeah. And then you look behind, your dad's not there. You're like, oh, I'm riding the bike, and then you crash, right? But you're always feeling safe when your dad's hanging on. When dad's got the bike with dad, all things are possible. With dad, there's no way you're going to fall. With dad right there holding on to that bike, it doesn't matter if you have training wheels or not. If dad's right there with you, you're not going to fall. God's saying this morning, with God, all things are possible. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed this morning, with God, all things are possible. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what your marriage looks like right now. It doesn't matter how things are going financially. It doesn't matter how things are going with your kids. With God, all things are possible. With God, if God is in your life, if you have faith, he's going to take care of you. God said, I have a plan for your life. And I will be with you every step of the way. I'm looking, uh, I'm, I'm holding on to you. 
and with me all things are possible. Let me ask you this morning, what dream has God put in you for 2019? What dream has God put in you for your family for this year? What dream has God put in you for your uh, workplace this year? What vision do you need to chase? What vision has God put in you for your family? What vision do you have for your marriage this year? What kind of Christian could you be? What kind of believer, what kind of uh, born-again Christian could you be this year? What dream do you have for your Christian life? What dream do you have for 2019? What could God do in your life this year? Get a dream for what could happen in your life this year. What could your prayer life become? What could your Bible reading time look like? You know, it's a great dream, a great vision for us to pick up this year is to read our Bible through in a year. That's a great vision for your life. That's something that will grow you and build you spiritually. A great vision might be to get a Bible reading, a Bible, complete your Bible in a year this year. Could you lead someone to church or to Jesus this year? What vision do you have for your life? Get a vision. You know, the old preachers used to say it this way. The future is as bright as the promises of God. With God, all things are possible. That's what we need to see about Joseph's dream. He had a big dream. Look at this. Look at this. Genesis chapter 37. We skipped over this, really. Look at verse number 7. For behold, we were binding sheaves. He's telling the, he's telling the interpretation of his, of his dream. We were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my, my sheaf, my bundle of wheat arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood around about and made obeisance to my sheaf. So we understand that one. We understand that story. But he gives us another dream. And they're not the same. They're giving the same idea, but there's nuance to this dream. Look at this. This is the second dream. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obeisance to me. So it's no longer bundles of wheat. It's now sun, moon, and stars, 11 stars. He changes from bundles of wheat, an agricultural kind of metaphor, to now he's giving an uh, astronomical kind of metaphor. What's he talking about? He's saying not only is gonna be he going to be the leader of his family, not only is his family going to look up to him, not only is his brothers not going to hate him anymore, not only are they going to look up to him, but he's saying the sun, moon, and the stars, he's saying, that he's going to be a great leader. He's going to be this great individual who's going to save many people. He's saying that he's going to be a person that not only his brethren are going to look at, that all people are going to look at. He's going to be a star. Joseph's dream, this is a dream that's absolutely ridiculous. If your little daughter or your son came to you and said, I have a dream and I'm going to be the president one day, what you would tell them is, that's great. But in your mind, you'd be like, yeah, right, maybe, but probably not. This is a huge dream. This is just a ridiculous dream for Joseph, he's going to be a great leader one day. The brothers are probably looking at him like, yeah, right. Really? Really? Come on. It's not going to really happen. One day he's going to be in charge of them. One day he's going to be a great leader of people. Then the second dream was even more grandiose. This time it was the sun, moon, and the stars bowing down to him. This is picturing Joseph as a great leader. This was a big dream that Joseph had. Joseph's dream was bigger than he was, and he had no idea how this dream would be fulfilled. What's the point? Faith always dreams big. Faith always points us in the direction of something that seems impossible. Faith always points us in the direction of a mountain that needs to be moved. Faith pointed David in the direction of a Goliath. Faith pointed Moses in the direction of the Pharaoh of Egypt. Faith pointed Joshua in the direction of the walls of Jericho. Faith pointed Noah in the direction of a worldwide flood. Faith, it was faith that pointed Jesus to a cross. Faith was designed to do big things. You know, the old evangelist George Mueller once said, faith does not operate in the realm of the impossible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's powers end. Jesus didn't tell his disciples, say to this boulder, move and it will be moved. He didn't say to his disciples, say to this anthill, move and it will be removed. He said, 
to this mountain, move and it will be moved. There is no dream so big that faith can't accomplish it. You know, the thing I, I really enjoy about growing up was, was Legos. How many of you guys have kids that, that enjoy Legos? How many of you still enjoy Legos? Like two of you. I enjoy Legos to this day. Every time I walk by the Lego store in a mall, I think to myself, I want to go in there. I want to buy something. And my wife is with me, so I kind of feel kind of feel judged, you know. So I can't really go in. I just kind of glance at it and walk away, you know. But I look at the Lego store and I'm like, man, I remember growing up as a kid, we had bunches and bunches of Legos. We still do have totes of Legos in my parents' garage. Totes of Legos, boxes of Legos. You know, when you're a kid, you think to yourself, especially as a young boy, you look at all the Legos you have and you dump them all out because that's what you're supposed to do. If you have Legos, you dump them all out at one time. You don't take them out one at a time. You dump it all out. And you look at it and you think to yourself, what's the biggest, the grandest, and the tallest building I can build with these Legos? And the second thing you think is, where can I strategically put these in the house so my mom will walk over them? No, I don't really think that. But you think, what's the biggest thing I can build? And then you build it. But then, but then you go to the Lego store in the mall and you see more Legos. Or if you're, if you're like me and you, you're really old, you used to go to Toys R Us and you'd see all the Legos in Toys R Us and you think, I need to get more Legos so I can build something even bigger. You don't think to yourself, what's the smallest thing I can build? What's the biggest thing I can build? That's faith. You know what God says? I want you to look at your life I want, to look at, I want you to look at who you are spiritually, and I want you to think, what's the biggest thing I can do? What's the biggest dream I can have? What's the biggest vision I can have for my family? What's the biggest dream I can have for my marriage? What's the biggest dream I can have for Restoration Baptist Church? That's how I want to live. I want to have big, risk-taking faith for Jesus Christ. What we need today are Christians who will dream something big for God. Have big dreams for your family. Have a God-sized dream for your church. Have a Goliath-sized dream for your marriage. Have a mountain sized dream for what could be in your life. I want Restoration Baptist Church to be a church that dreams big. I want, I want us to be a church that has a God-sized vision for our community. You see this in Jeremiah chapter 32. God says, Ah, oh Lord, God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. There is nothing too hard for thee. Nothing is too hard for God. I'm thankful for what he's already done this year, but I want to see God do something even bigger. I want to see something big in 2019. Faith is how we access the unlimited potential of God's power. And this doesn't mean that there won't be difficulties. Because even Joseph had tough times. You get a vision for your life and you have a dream for what could be in your family, in your marriage. You're going to face opposition. You're going to face difficulty. Look at Genesis chapter 37. Joseph faced difficulty. And they said one to another, uh, one to another, behold, this dreamer cometh. So they had a nickname for their brother. This dreamer. They called him the dreamer. This dreamer cometh. And it came to pass when Joseph was coming to his brethren that they uh, stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. So having done nothing wrong, right? Joseph's done nothing wrong except have a couple of dreams. His brothers hate him because of it. And they throw him in a pit. You guys follow me on that. His own brothers throw him in a pit. You thought you had family problems. This is, this is they throw him in a pit. Now look at what happens. To make matters worse, Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery. Look at verse number 28. Then they passed by Midianite merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. So they sell him into slavery. This is un unbelievable. 
and they brought Joseph into Egypt, and the Midianites sold him into Egypt. So not only do they sell him into slavery, but he gets sold from slavery to a place in Egypt that literally hundreds, about over 300 miles away from where he's living at this time, into Potiphar's house. So not only was Joseph thrown into a pit because of his dream, but his brothers sold him into slavery hundreds of miles away in Egypt, and it doesn't stop there. It gets even worse. Genesis chapter 39. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. So now he's in prison. He goes from a pit to slavery to prison. And put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. Then, so just in case you thought it couldn't get any worse, he goes from a pit to slavery. And then from slavery, he's actually, if you read the whole chapter in Genesis chapter 39, he's wrongly accused of something. He's wrongly accused of crime. And he's thrown into prison. He's thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, and now he's thrown into prison. And if you read the entire chapter, again, you'll give you more context. Soon after, Joseph receives a dream for his life. This is the part that blows my mind. God gives him this dream. It's God who gives him the dream, right? God tells him in a dream, you're going to be a leader of your family. You're going to be a leader, uh, period. You're going to be a star. You're going to be a great leader one day. Right after that happens, he's thrown into a pit, he's sold into slavery, and he's thrown into prison. What's the point? Is that whenever we have a dream for our life, whenever we have a vision for what could be, if you have a vision, if you come up with a vision that God wants you to have for your life, for your family, for your marriage, there's going to be opposition. There's going to be difficulty. If you have a vision for your family, your finances, or your Christian life, there's going to be opposition. The moment you try to build your relationship with God, the devil is going to oppose it. But I'm here to tell you that that's okay. Because it's when you face opposition that you know you're on the right track. You ever, you ever played a video game? And uh, maybe Super Mario Brothers. You played Super Mario Brothers as a kid, and you, you, you go through the levels. I think we have a picture of it. You're going through all the levels of Super Mario, and uh, you start off really easy in Super Mario. It's really, you, you hop on a couple mushrooms, the mushrooms die, you get a big life, and you go through, you go through the, the different lands. I'm not even going to talk about it because I don't want to nerd out in front of you guys. You go through the different lands. You can get the flutes, right? You get the flutes, skip the lands. You guys don't, it's fine. I'm old. But then you go to the next level. After level one, you go to level two. After level two, you go to level three. And each level, it gets more difficult, right? Each level, the Koopas and the bad guys and the bosses, they get even more difficult. They get harder. Then the final level, the boss of all the bosses, you go to King Koopa and you have to defeat King Koopa. What's the point? The point is that the farther along you progress in the story and the more progress you make and the farther along you get, the harder it becomes and the more difficult it becomes. This is a good thing when difficulty arises in our life because it's telling us that you're on the right track. It's telling you that with that difficulty, you're actually following the dream that God gave you. It's okay if you have a dream for your life and you face opposition. It's okay if you come to church because one day the devil's going to try to oppose you, but that's okay if the devil's trying to oppose you. It means you're on the right track. Sometimes the difficulty is an indication of a right direction. Joseph didn't know it, but in order for God to fulfill the dream he gave him, Joseph needed, check this out, in order for God to fulfill the dream in Joseph's life, he had to be in Egypt. In order for Joseph to fulfill, the, in order for God to fulfill the dream that Joseph, that God gave him, he had to be in prison. He had to be falsely accused. In order to be the great leader that God uh, had given him in a dream, he had to be the one who was thrown into prison, the one who was cast into slavery, the one who was thrown into a pit. Why? Because God works through our difficulty. It is through the difficulty that God leads us to the dream he has. If you're going to make some, make some headway in your family this year, if you want to become a better Christian, the devil's going to oppose it, but it's okay because you're on the right track. 
Joseph didn't know, but the opposition, the opposition was actually moving him closer to where God wanted him to be. See, God uses your problems and trials and your tribulations. God, yes, God uses the things in your life that you don't like. Why? Because God doesn't waste. God's not going to waste that bad thing in your life. God's not going to waste the difficulty in your life. He sees all that stuff, and you think to yourself, what is this going on in my life? I can't believe this is happening. God says, that may be tough for you. Don't worry, I'm not going to waste it. I recycle everything that happens in your life. It's going to be used for good. You see, the pit is part of God's plan. You see, the pit in Joseph's life was really just a pit stop. The prison was part of God's plan. The pit that you're going through, that's all part of God's plan. God planned that out a long time ago. The vision you have for your life, you're going to face some pits if you follow that vision, but it's okay because the pit, it's all part of God's plan. He knows exactly what's going on. Don't worry in the pit. Stay faithful in the pit. God is going to use it. God's not going to waste it. One day in the future, Joseph would recognize this very thing. He would recognize this very thing that God would use all the bad things in his life for good. You see this Genesis chapter 50. But as for you, he's telling his brothers one day this. This is years in the future, but ye, as for you, ye thought evil against me. You threw me in that pit, and you were thinking evil against me that entire time. You thought evil against me, but but God meant it for good. God was using that pit for the plan that he had in my life. God meant it for good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Joseph recognized this. You can't have the dream without the difficulty. That's what he recognized. Faith allows God to turn this dream into a reality. It's okay. If God put that dream in you, he's going to bring it to pass. If God put that dream in your life, he's going to bring it to pass. If you have a vision for what God wants you to do this year, he's going to bring that to pass. All you have to do is have a vision for that. Have faith in that. Follow that dream. If you have a vision for where you want your marriage to be, or if you have a vision for where you want your relationship with God to be, or if you have a vision for some other part of your life, one day God is going to fulfill that vision. That's what he did for Joseph. He fulfilled the vision he put in Joseph's life. The dream that God gave him, he fulfilled that dream. Look at Genesis chapter 41. Stay with me. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. Whoa. Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. So he's gone from a pit to slavery to prison. And then all of a sudden, the Pharaoh wants to talk to him. That's, that's, that's huge change. Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. And they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself, changed his raiment, and he came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto him, Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it, and I have heard say of thee. So the Pharaoh has a dream. He doesn't have anybody to interpret it. But he hears, he finds out through the grapevine that Joseph can interpret uh, dreams. And so he calls Joseph out of prison, and he has him interpret this dream. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. The Pharaoh of Egypt hears about Joseph and brings him to the palace to interpret his dreams. And Joseph interprets it and gives Pharaoh advice on the interpretation of his dream. And this is when, this is when God flips the script of his life. This is when God takes the pit and he turns it into his plan. Look at what happens next. Genesis chapter 41. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, this is the Pharaoh speaking, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art, then it gets better. This is what the Pharaoh says to Joseph. Thou shalt be over my house. So check this out. Not a few hours before this, he's rotting in a prison. And then Pharaoh says, thou shalt be over my house. He's the emperor of Egypt. This was the biggest empire in the world at this time. And the Pharaoh was saying to a man who had just shaved after two years, he says, you're going to be 
uh, over my house, and according to, unto thy word shall all my people be ruled, the entire empire, only in the throne will I be greater than that. So he's basically saying, you're the second in command. He's saying you're the Pharaoh, but not really the Pharaoh, I'm still the Pharaoh. He's saying you're that powerful. And Pharaoh took off his ring. This is, this is, with that ring, you could do anything with that ring. You could, you could put things into law. You could, you could do anything with this ring. This is a big deal. He took off the ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen. So he was in rags uh, not minutes before, and now he's in fine linen. And he put a gold chain about his neck. And so the Pharaoh says, if you're going to be in charge, you need some bling. Here's a chain around your neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot. So he gives him his, his own ride, too. He gives him his chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, Bow the knee. So when people, they came uh, before Joseph, everyone had, to say, everyone had to bow the knee when they came before Joseph. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. So he's gone from being hated by his brothers, thrown into an, uh, an empty well, a pit, and he's sold into slavery. He's wrongfully accused. He's thrown into prison. And now all of that culminates, comes together when God says, here's the dream. Here's the vision. Now I'm going to make it a reality. What's the point? If God puts a dream in your heart, stick with that dream. If God's put a vision inside of you for 2019, stick with that vision. Don't let go of that dream. Have the faith to follow the dream and one day he'll bring it to pass. If God's put it in your heart, trust that he'll put it in your hand. If God's put a dream in your heart, if God's put something in your heart for your children, trust that he'll put it in your hand. Trust that he'll bring it to pass. If God's put a direction on your heart for your Christian life, trust that he's going to bring that to pass. Before you think that God can accomplish what he put in your heart, and before you think that what your dream that your dream is too hard for God, just remember that Jesus had the biggest dream of all. Just remember that the calling and the vision that was upon Jesus' life was the greatest calling and the greatest vision of all time. Because God put a calling on the life of Jesus, and he said, I want you to go to earth. I want you to... A live a perfect life. I want you to die for all people. I want you to shed your blood on a cross. I want you to resurrect yourself from the dead three days later. And I want you to do all of this in one lifetime for all people. That was the biggest calling. That was the greatest vision any man could have. That God would Father would send his own son to earth to die for all mankind. And Jesus, Jesus accomplished that dream. He accomplished that vision. If Jesus can do that, I think the thing that he's put on your heart, he can accomplish that too. I think whatever he's put on your heart, he can accomplish it. In spite of the opposition, the pain, and the persecution, and the difficulty, Jesus accomplished all of what God the Father asked him to do. You see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For he made him to be sin for us. God made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin, who had never sinned, who was completely perfect. Why? So that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, God the Father, if he had given that vision to anybody else, it would have been impossible. But he gives that vision to his own son, and his son accomplishes it. Jesus dies for all mankind, and he dies so that we could be made the righteousness of God in him. So that we, when we trust in Jesus Christ, God no longer looks at us and he sees sinfulness. He no longer looks at us and he sees pride. He no longer looks at us and he sees ulterior motives. He no longer looks at you and he sees the dirtiness of our soul. He looks at us and he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He looks at you and he sees the blood of Jesus. Christ. And that blood has cleansed us from all sin. If one individual can accomplish that, I think God can do what he's put in your heart. And he's promised he will. I have this morning something we've been talking about for the past couple weeks. If the the ushers want to hand these out, this will be my first anniversary gift to all of you this morning. And uh, it might be the smallest gift you've ever ever received. You guys can just hand them out. These is a a little vial, a little glass of um, mustard seeds, actual mustard seeds. 
And we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. I've been kind of giving you guys the optics of what a mustard seed is like. And this is like maybe 15 or 20 mustard seeds. How many of you guys can even see this? This is like 15 or 20 mustard seeds. These, that's how small these guys are. And we've been reading the verse. Jesus said, with the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Now, now you all know how big a mustard seed is. Now you all know that the, how much faith you need. This might be the, the smallest gift anybody's ever given you, okay? But, 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 it just might be the biggest gift anybody's ever given you. And this is a gift that Jesus has given us. He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, move, and it will move. With faith the size of a mustard seed. Sometimes we think as Christians, or even just as regular people think, I can never have faith like a spiritual person. I can never have faith like a church person. I can never have faith like a pastor. You need big faith. Jesus says you don't need big faith. He says you need faith that's the size of one of these. And if you look at that mountain, you say, move. That mountain will move because that's what faith does. Now, I'm here to tell you this morning that whatever vision God has placed upon your life, whatever that is, if God has something for your family, he puts something in your heart this year for your family. He's put something in your heart for your Christian life. He's put something in your heart for Restoration Baptist Church. You think that's impossible. God says, all things are possible with this much faith. That's all you need. And you know the best part? I'm done with this. The best part, when Jesus says, all you need is a faith of a mustard seed, the best part, the best part by far, is that we all can have that much. We all can have the faith of a mustard seed. That's it. So let me ask you this morning, what dream do you have for 2019, for your family, for your finances, for your Christian life? That's all you need to accomplish it.